This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We're having issues. All right, I think we're back again. Okay, I'm going to have to keep an eye on that throughout the show, which is terribly annoying. We have a cat again who's just not happy. (laughs) She's super happy. Look at how pretty that kitty is. That's a pretty kitty. All right. And while you look at that beautiful kitty, please remember that if you haven't yet, you can sign up for all the amazing games there through DraftKings.com. You can uh, see how excited Lexi is to play DraftKings, (laughs) which she's not allowed to do because she's a child. But you pick your teams. You pick your games. Entry fees all over the place. There's free games. There's $5 games. There's big-time games, depending on what you want to do. Uh, Let me know. With DraftKings, download DraftKings app now. Use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes only at DraftKings.com. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Why are you holding the cat's arm up? No, what's happening? She was about to knock the thing down. Night, don't knock down the camera. I'm having enough technical issues as it is. All right, soda of the week. All right, I don't have a real weird one today, but I've got one of my all-time favorites. Ski. In other words, we don't actually have a real soda. Ski's a real soda. It is so not a real soda. It is a real. How is it a fake soda? Are we imagining this? Are we not actually drinking it? (laughs) Sure. The child gets less than normal because I know there's caffeine in this. And you don't want... We've all seen this show and listened long enough. We don't want this child having more caffeine than she needs. (laughs) Not that she gets much of any. All right, and try the ski. Stuff's amazing and perfect. Ski, if you are not aware... could just taste the smell. What, what are you doing? You having a time there, kid? Yeah, Ski's delicious. <laughs> ski, for those of you who are unaware, bottled somewhere in Kentucky. It is a combination. Uh, imagine Mountain Dew, but somebody actually, like they added real uh, lemon and orange juice to it. It's really good. I love it. It's really good. All right, Lex, ask me your, go ahead. What? Somewhere on there actually is citrus. Yeah, authentic citrus soda. See, it's authentic. There we go. All right, Lex, let's do our hockey trivia of the week. Let's see here. Are goaltenders allowed to cross their own blue line? No. Yes, the goaltender can cross his own blue line, but not the center ice Red line. No, oh, I got confused. I know they changed that rule a few years back because they wanted to stop the fights. If a player gets two minor penalties together, he would be assessed a double minor. Is it possible to get a triple minor? No. It is possible to get. Two ah, minor. I'm doing terrible. I've never heard of these rules. How many players can dress for an NHL game? It's uh, 24. 20 players can dress for 20. a game. Uh, my numbers don't work in my head anymore. 18 position, position. players. Oh, my brain. Two goaltenders. 
All right. Your brain has failed you. My brain has failed me today. All right. Well, that was a wonderful bit of information there, kid. We need a bookmark for this. We need a bookmark. Go find a bookmark for it. You have all the bookmarks. Actually, I only have 13 bookmarks now. Oh, no. What will we do? No, no, no. It's incredible. I only have 13 bookmarks. Most of the time, I have at least 50. These are the problems a 10-year-old has, folks. <laughs> I'm down to 15 Terrible. bookmarks. I should have 50. Somebody <laughs> save me. Get out. Just get out. Fine. Bring the book with me. Take the book. Get a bookmark. Take cats. Take anything that's going to destroy this show away. Oh, there. Oh, no. <laughs> there they go, the cats. There goes the child. My goodness, folks. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you, Alexia, for being... On the show this week, and what a week it has been for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, oh, boy. If I told you the least stressful part of the Blue Jackets week was going to be the how the refs messed with them in that game against the Hurricanes, I mean, ah! All right. Here we go, folks. Starting with the standings on this week. Giving you that idea of where the Blue Jackets are. You know what? We're going to start with line A. We're just going to get to the line A stuff early. So, um, Monday night's game. Midway through the second or so. Start realizing that Patrick Line hasn't seen the bench in a while. Or hasn't seen the ice in a while. Then we get on to the third period. And Patrick Line doesn't get on the ice to start. And the longer we go through the third period, the more he doesn't play. Walking you through how I saw it happening and how probably most Blue Jackets fans did since, you know, you can't see the game live or you can't be there anyway. The guys at Fox Sports Ohio, Jody Shelley, kept playing a clip of um, Line A not really playing his responsibilities as a left side winger on uh, on the offside wing on defense. And how doing so had led to a scoring chance for Carolina. And there was a lot of riffing here by Jody Shelley. And I don't think it's wrong for me to say that Shelley was just trying to give an explanation to the fans. Because he know he knows what's been happening. He knows there was the big controversy, the big thing over uh, benching, benching Pierre-Luc Dubois. For fans, for even the fan who's not a hardcore hockey fan... That last shift Dubois had before he was benched, people could tell there was a problem. The line A1 took a little more hockey savvy, took a little more knowing. But even then, there was more a sense of, really, he's not going back on all this time for that one? Hmm. It's interesting. And so what I think started this was because Shelley talked so much, because he so much wanted to carry the water for Tortorella, um, which... You got to remember, Jody Shelley, when he was on there as a color analyst, I think he also holds some kind of role as like a like an ambassador for the team. He he represents the team in different things, so he wants to portray the team in a good way. And Jody Shelley's always been a hardcore team guy, so the situation of Lenny's benching was already framed to fans in terms of it was because of play, which a lot of Blue Jackets fans immediately went to. He's been on the team for what a week. And you're benching him a whole game because of that, or at least the whole third period in the game where you need to score goals because of that. 
on a team that's already struggled to score. I get why that that reaction came out. That was my reaction because for a while now, if you follow me on Twitter, something you'll notice is whenever new line combinations come out, I go, does Torts know what he's doing? Or is he just kind of making stuff up as he goes along? Because that's what it feels like most of the time anymore, that he's just, you know what? This is a combination I haven't tried. Let's let's just do, throw this against the wall. Let's see what sticks. Let's just do that. And and he kept doing it. And it's it's... So that that I think threw fans off quite a bit on what was happening there. Now we find out later. Torts comes out. He says his thing. He says I don't like the bench players. People start making fun of him for it and all that. Then it comes out that this had to do with something Line A said to a coach. Um, the term that I think was used most, uh, the dispatch reporter at first was like mouthing off. I mean, this could be anything from him rolling his eyes at a coach or him. I mean, it, it, my guess is it's probably more than that. My guess is it was probably something said either straight disrespectfully or maybe in front of a bunch of other guys. Line A said something. I don't know. I'm not sure what would have happened. Again, it happened mid-game, so that would tend to indicate that it was something maybe even just said on the benches, but maybe said it loud enough that, it ticked him off. I mean, remember, folks, we don't have Jody Shelley standing between the benches anymore because there were times before where he would comment and say things like, oh, there's a lot of communication or, oh, it's real quiet or he, he, Jody, Jody's not really somebody who was going to call out, oh, this guy's yelling at that guy. But but we don't really know what happens on the benches very well. And, and line A, maybe he says something. I mean, that that's the story. At this point, no one's denied the story. It's kind of similar to when the trade request came from Pierre-Luc Dubois. I'm seeing people online with these ideas that like Brian Hedger was making stuff up with that story, which I think is ridiculous. If he just made the story up, there would have been denials. It's the same thing that happened to Pierre-Luc Dubois trade request. When the story came out, there were no denials. There was just, we're not going to talk about it. And that's what it was with this. There was no denial. Oh, no, that didn't happen. Oh, no, Patrick Lane didn't say anything to anybody. There was just a, eh, we're going to keep it announced. So then fan reaction changes that way. And I get that. That's the thing. All of the emotions the CBJ fan base went through this week on the Patrick Lane stuff were all understandable. When we thought he was being benched because of play, that didn't make sense. Then when we had more information, we responded to win. We're like, oh, okay, that makes some level of sense. Because when you don't give fans all the information, some things don't make sense. Something I've heard certain members of the media talk about, and some of them very much CBJ media, were things like, why do fans care about contracts? Why do fans care about this or that? Fans care about contracts because it gives them context, and now they understand certain things better. If if you're if you know the league plays under a salary cap, but you don't know how your team pays pl- players, and all of a sudden you trade away certain players, or all of a sudden you don't sign other players, or different things happen, and you don't know about the salary cap, you're just scratching for answers, and you're doing what Blue Jackets Twitter was doing this week, getting all up in arms about something, which, again, with the information available at the time, made total sense, and then when the more information was available, oh, okay, this is what's going on. So that made a certain level of sense. Um, that That's where it was. So I kind of get that. All right. Cool thing today. Story comes out. Um, Tort says we're past it. Line A says we're past it. Uh, apparently there's even a question of him if this would affect his thinking long-term about signing. He said no. He said it was good to know. It was good to see an action that 
nobody is above being benched in Columbus. Because he know he's not a dumb guy. He knows the situation. He's not Patrick Line is not an all shucks kind of guy. Patrick Line is the guy where on draft lottery night when they were like, oh, how does it feel? You know, you know where you're probably going. You're the second overall pick. And he was like, no, I think I should be the first overall pick. He's not some humble hockey dude like most people. He went into the Columbus situation knowing he had been traded for a big time thing. He a big time talent. He knows he's a guy who scored 40 goals and is young. He knows he's a big deal. And I get that. So for him to get that message of, now we're going to bench you. Maybe that did mean something to him. And I can get that. Um, If it just been the play thing and he was benched that whole third period, I was upset by it. It didn't make sense to me. If it was a level of that, I can see where then Tortorella goes, no, we got to make sure this doesn't become a culture thing. Because if Torts doesn't punish a dude for literally talking back to coaches and showing inadequate levels of respect to coaches and how they do things. And again, at this point, everybody said they're past it. We're done. I hope that's entirely true. I really hope it is. So jumping into the standings again, folks, I look at these by points percentage at points percentage. The blue jackets are sixth at this point to get back into where we need to be. We need to crawl over Chicago and Dallas. The blue jackets point percentage is five thirty-six. If you go just by points, they're fourth in the division at 15 points. Again, the reason I say we can't go by that is the number five team in the division is Carolina. They are one point back at Columbus, but they have played four less games. There's eight more points out there for Carolina right now than there is for Columbus. Whereas Chicago, they both both Chicago and Columbus have played 14 games, and Chicago has 16 points, Columbus has 15. <clears throat> so that's where it's at right now. Um I mean, to be quite honest, I talked about how in the going into the two games against Dallas and two games against Carolina, I said, if the Blue Jackets win three, I'll be happy. They didn't. They won two. So I'm not happy. On top of that, the way they won those two, it's getting rough. Um, I mean, again, to put it in perspective, in those games, they went, what, they they lost the Stars 6-3, then they beat them 4-3, they lost the Hurricanes 6-5 in a game that, as we discussed on last week's show, on Sunday's show, because of the You know what? We're going to go back and talk about that because I have more information than I did then. We're going to talk about what happened against the Carolina game and the uh, call down to the ice. This is a big rant show. Man, this is a big rant show. Um, thank you, Nick. I, I am also a big fan of the ski. Uh, if you're not, if you're watching the show live or if you listen to it, I can. The cool thing about doing the show live is I can see Facebook comments people put up as that's all going on. Um, so I, I can put up the comments there and, and see what that is. Um, ski is delicious. I do love ski. Somebody put yawn. If, if the show bores you, I'm sorry. I, I do a show. Or maybe you're saying yawn about something else. I don't know. Um, all right. So the Carolina situation. Again, if you're not aware, when you listen to a Blue Jackets or hockey podcast, I'd be stunned if you're not aware of this. But what happened... Uh, end of the second period, about a minute 15, minute 30 left to go in the second. Carolina scores a goal. Columbus challenges for offside. 
the challenge happens very quickly. The goal is determined to be onside, and they keep playing. During intermission, the Blue Jackets and the Hurricanes are made aware that uh, the rest of the penalty that Columbus was assessed for the improper for the coach's challenge that failed is going to be rescinded because there was some mistake where an intern had a had a mic on that was their job was only supposed to be communication between the officials on the ice and the officials in Toronto, and they said good goal. Uh, based on the perspective they saw. And the referees were like, oh, okay, good goal, thinking it was the Toronto uh, uh, control there. And so they let the ice, the goal stand. And apparently, because of the COVID protocols, normally those headphones would then be put on by somebody and Toronto would be screaming, no, get the refs back. But because of COVID protocols, they were handed to somebody who then cleaned them. And then by the time, you know, somebody was yelling to get the officials back, the game had restarted. So the Blue Jackets are then essentially screwed out of a goal, and then they lose the game by one goal. And I saw Carolina people and the Carolina play-by-play people in the next game being like, well, if you think about the not-assessed fighting penalty that should have been called on Max Domi and not the guy that he was, you know, they were fighting there. Well, that, that you know, Domi scored later, so maybe he should have been the penalty box, and that that's a goal, so it kind of evens out. No, no, there's a big difference, guys. So here's my issue. Somebody making a bad call on the ice, a referee in the heat of the moment, seeing something wrong or making a bad judgment. Um, things like a high sticking where the player is, you know, accidentally hit by their own team or a bad holding call or even improperly whistling something dead for offside when it shouldn't have been called offside. The human error of the referee in the moment is an expected part of the game. For it then to go under review and for a third party who's not supposed to be part of the decision-making process to materially affect the game is not something you expect as a hockey fan. It's going beyond what that expectation is. It's the whole thing about, I'll use something that I've heard a radio personality use before. It's like buying, um, it's like when you buy a ticket to go see a movie. If the movie's bad, that happens. Sometimes you go see a movie and the movie's bad. You don't ask for a refund. That's part of the experience. That's just that's just what it is. You need to be prepared. That's what a ref making a bad call is. If you go in to see the movie and in the midst of the movie, you know, you're 15, you're halfway into the movie and maybe it's not great, but it's a movie. And then something goes wrong with the projector and everything shuts down. And they're like, oh, well, sorry, there's a problem. There's a, the file for that movie is corrupted. So now we got to show you a different movie, but we're only going to show you the end of it. You're not getting a good end of anything there. And there's a random third thing event that comes in outside of what you're expecting, and it screws up the whole experience. That's what that was. And the really annoying thing is they then come in and say, we're going to wipe off the penalty, but not the goal. So they made the decision that they could affect something that had happened. This was the thing that really annoyed me about this. They said they didn't want to set a new standard that you could take a goal off the board, but we did want to set a standard that we could rescind the penalty. If you're going to do it, do it. Don't just, nah. And I saw somebody, the dumbest take I saw in all of this was somebody saying, oh, that didn't even affect the play. If the rule is there and you can challenge it, and the Blue Jackets challenge it with every expectation that this is not a judgment call. This is just a black and white, his skates were over the line or they were not. 
then to turn it into a judgment in the midst of it being reviewed would be insanity. But it would be dumb because then nobody knows what to challenge for. It would turn challenging for offsides into challenging for goaltender interference, which is an infuriating experience because when you challenge for goaltender interference, you don't actually know if you're going to get it called right or not because nobody actually knows what goaltender interference is anymore. Because we've all seen, we've all seen it. When when goaltender interference, when there's a challenge, may as well flip a coin. Who knows? Who knows if it'll get overturned or not? Unless it is either incredibly obvious that it is or isn't, it, flip a coin. If you at all have any doubt in your mind the first time you watch it, flip a coin. Again, if the league, I mean, the, the thing is, we already have league standards to fix these types of things. If a player it, it says the other thing happens, if we've seen this before too, and this happens in the NHL, if a player shoots the puck and it goes just over the line and then the goalie hits it out and the refs on the ice think it was saved when it really wasn't, we have seen times where play has continued for, I think, even up to a minute. And then the people in Toronto will sound the horn, play will stop, and they will go and what they'll do is they'll count the goal they'll go back to the point in time where the goal was scored to go back to center ice and play from there. And here's the thing. If the refs don't see the goal and then the other team goes down and scores and then Toronto sounds the horn, the second goal scored won't count. So this is easy. You go in, you take the goal off the board. When the players come out for the third, you go, we're resetting to one minute and 15 seconds left in the third, in the second, and we're going to do it again. We're going to replay those minutes. And it'll be even. It'll be exactly the game situation it should have been. This isn't hard. I I don't see where that's... And I saw people bring up the line of, oh, well, you know, when do you stop doing that? When do you do this? The same way you do it if they miss a goal that happens. If within whatever time period the NHL has deemed that they can stop the game and say, no, a goal was scored, they could stop the play and be like, no, a goal wasn't scored. That's it. And that's the thing. They knew within seconds of the play resuming that it shouldn't have happened. Anyway, we're going to go to a word with our hands, friends on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, then I'm going to come back and we'll uh, we'll talk about some other stuff that's not the rant I had here. Uh, you know what? I'm I, just I, so I, heated because of what, what you're telling me because I, I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac, macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute for candy. God. <laughs> oh my God! Go to go to Italy. If you ask, open some fucking no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best. It is superior. It is a fucking national treasure. And it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc every year, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. 
Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night. All right, welcome the welcome back to the show, folks. Um, Brian here knows what I'm talking about. Trocheck was the one that scored the goal. That's right, because he was hurt and didn't play in the next one. He was offside player. Of course, it affected the play. The, I mean, I, I every time this comes up, to people are like, "Oh, abolish offsides." I, for a long time, have been someone who said, "Nope, don't want to do that." Because here's something: if you notice when they play three on three in overtime, and when getting in offside is not a problem. What happens? The game slows down to a crawl. Like once they're in the zone, it's fun, three on three. But you run into the problem of uh, guys, if if there's not something good, they're like, I'll just take it back out. No big deal. Because you're not forcing a decision. Sports work better when players have to make decisions quickly. That's what the offside line does. That's what the blue line does. Because getting into the zone, that does lower the amount of uh, of chances because you're running into that problem. But once they're in the zone, it, it, the thing is, if there wasn't that the blue line there, you wouldn't see near the amount of breakaways. I mean, honestly, I could see teams having one player just hang back and play defense, or when he sees an opportunity, he'd just hang back, and then he'll run in at the last second. But since there is that impetus on keeping the puck in the zone, I mean, the game stays, I think, more active. If you don't have that, I think the game turns more into soccer. Where, I mean, it's a smaller life surface, a surface, so you won't have it quite so much, but I think you run into problems where if a guy's kind of trapped down low and he's like, oh no, what do I do? he'll see a guy just streaking towards the other side of the ice and he'll be like, oh, okay, I'll just go, we'll just go back and recollect ourselves. I don't think it would help the game. I think the game would be less exciting if we got rid offside. So let's not do that. All right. Jumping into something positive. Jack Roslovic is great. I am loving Jack Roslovic. Jack Roslovic will be... Something I said this week on Twitter, and it's definitely true. When next season starts... If we're back to full fans in the building, the amount of Jack Roslovic jerseys you are going to see is going to be just incredible. There's going to be so many. The idea of him being the hometown kid, and he's good. Um, I, I mean, this year, he's got seven games in Columbus, and he's got seven points, two goals, five assists. He is already having the best season of his career almost. I mean... His best season was last year in Winnipeg. In 71 games, he had 29 points. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to keep this up. Um, his shooting percentage is 20, which it's not going to stay at 20. But here's the thing that I find interesting looking back at his shooting percentage. In his first year, he got real play, which was 17-18. He played in uh, 31 games. He had a 13.2% shooting percentage. When, in his, when he was 22 and he played in 77 games, 
He had a 12.2% shooting percentage. In when he was 23, 10.3. Now this year he's at a 20%. Obviously not going to stay there, but looking at his history, him between 10 to 13, so him having an 11 or a 12, which is really good, is not out of the question. And that's super exciting. And here's the other thing to keep an eye on with him. All right, so in the 31 games he played when he was 21 and he had a 13% shooting percentage, he averaged 12 minutes a game on ice. The year when he had a 12.2% in 77 games, he had a 9.45, he had a 9 minute and 45 second average time on ice. Last year with Winnipeg, uh, again, 12 goals, 17 assists, 10% shooting percentage. He had 14 minutes. This year he's at 16 minutes. I th- I'm wondering if Jack Roslovic is a player. I'm wondering if this is just happening in Winnipeg where they just they were they had enough top six guys that too many players are just falling out of it. I mean, if we... all right, I apologize, folks. I am not sure what happened there. We dropped out for a minute. Uh, we're back. <laughs> oh, that's gonna make that was that was fun. Anyway, Jack Roslovic looks really good. I'm excited about it. Um, I mean, that would be something. If after the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade, we got two real uh, two real offensive talents with Patrick Line and Jack Roslovic. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think Patrick Jack Roslovic is going to be Pierre-Luc Dubois, but if you got a guy who can be a middle six center, a guy who can be a, a two center, and a scoring talent like Patrick Line out of that deal, that's really good. That's that's a really good way for that to turn out. Anyway, a couple last things we're going to get to this week. Miku Koivu retired out of nowhere. Um, I'm going to kind of echo some of the sentiments I had with uh, the Corey Crawford retirement, which is, you know, the guy gave it one more shot. Um, he talked about how he wasn't sure if that was going to be you know, he he talks about the reason he retired is he felt like he couldn't be as good of first teammates as he could as he should be. Uh, with Corey Crawford, the way I described it was, you know, he spent all the time in Chicago, so I'm going to give it a shot somewhere else, and it just things just didn't go. Miku Koivu, same way, no no hard feelings. Uh, he was a good player for the few games we saw him. I would like to have him sort of stuck around at least for a full season because I think he was good. I think he was a good teammate uh, in terms of they they showed a lot of footage of him, you know, trying to kind of teach other players and, and just be in that, uh, that solid, uh, solid veteran presence. So good luck to him. Good on him. Um, so with that, we will close out the show this week here. Thank you all very much for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with me through all the weirdness this week and all that. And, um, go jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at jackets, T brief. And thank you for listening.